The Fed is on the move to contain stubborn inflation and volatility across asset classes has been rampant. Where can investors hide? Here's what matters. Live from New York City, I'm Lauren Goodwin, and this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments. In this podcast, we bring you the best insights from across the New York Life Investments platform because we believe that by sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors. Welcome, everybody. It's the week of July 5th, 2022, and we hope everyone in our U.S. audience had a great Independence Day. And we're still feeling pretty celebratory because today we have a third special guest on the podcast. Today, we are wrapping up our three-week series focused on opportunities within fixed income, pulling from perspectives across the New York Life Investments platform to do so. This has been quite timely and a real treat for us to explore the many diversification options that are available amid recent market volatility. So last but far from least, we are so glad to have Mike Denglinger, Director and Portfolio Strategy at Mackay Shields, to discuss opportunities in the world of municipal bonds or munis. And for our listeners, Mike and his team host their own podcast called the Muni 360 Podcast, which gives regular updates on what's happening in the municipal bond environment. So check that out. Mike and his team are truly seasoned professionals when it comes to both what they do and presenting insights for us to gobble up as investors. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Lauren and Julia. Happy to be here. Let's start with the big picture because we're macro people. How does today's macro environment impact munis as a broad asset class? There's two things, really. From a fundamental perspective, what we're seeing at the macro level has actually been really good for munis from a credit perspective. If you think about inflationary pressures, a lot of them actually have a positive correlation to muni tax revenue streams. So if we think about general obligation bonds, they're backed by property taxes, which are correlated to inflation. If we think about sales tax back bonds, income tax back bonds, even certain credits that have CPI adjustments built into them. What we're seeing is the revenue streams flowing into muni coffers have been very strong and balance sheets coming out of the pandemic have also remained very resilient. However, at the same time, inflationary pressures are going to have an impact on a fixed income portfolio. And so we're seeing bond prices down this year, which is creating opportunities for investors. And if you just look at the global volatility backdrop that we're experiencing, we've seen that affect our market as well, which again, coming from an active relative value perspective, provides opportunities for investors. You know, what you're saying is really interesting because you're describing some of the ways that munis are and in some cases aren't tied to the macroeconomic environment. And that's definitely a bias we see with uh, people we speak to, that, that munis are not as impacted or connected by the macroeconomic environment. You've in the past argued that's not the case. Can you tell us why that is? Yeah, I mean, munis are generally speaking, we are in many cases the backbone of the American economy. If you think about, again, a lot of these tax revenue streams that are coming in, I think that we are relatively insulated from some of the margin pressures that you hear about on the corporate side. And if you just look at returns, we haven't been as negatively impacted as, say, equities. And for many reasons, that makes sense. Even coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic, we had a lot of questions from investors about how are munis going to hold up? And if you look at 2020 into 2020, one of our key themes was just the resiliency of the asset class. That is shown through. And now as we head into 2022, you're looking at states that are contributing significantly to pensions, as an example. You have the state of California that just announced that they have a $95 billion budget surplus. So again, from that fundamental perspective, munis look very strong. 
I want to dig in on just one more thing that you mentioned in your first response, which was about credit and how credit was looking in this macroeconomic environment. Is that vulnerable to this rising interest rate environment that we're seeing? I think less so than some other fixed income markets. A lot of our issuers are able to issue long-term debt, so it's not you don't necessarily get some of the refinancing risk, et cetera. A lot of the major players, especially in the credits market, if you think about the tobacco sector, well, the revenue streams there have CPI adjustments. If you think about Puerto Rico's COFINA bonds, the sales tax back bonds, those are seeing very strong collection numbers, again, because they're backed by sales tax credits, which are positively correlated to inflation. So I think from a global macro perspective, we're relatively insulated compared to other asset classes. And in some cases, we're actually seeing very strong revenue streams and collections. So, Mike, now that we're talking about the the resilience of the asset class, I hate to come in with more of the negative news, but you've mentioned previously that this year we've seen the largest outflow cycle in munis experienced possibly ever. So can you explain why munis have been coming under this pressure and more pressure in some cases than treasuries? Yeah, that's a great question. So the data in terms of fund flows goes back to 1992. And you're right. So far, this is the largest outflow cycle that our asset class has seen. However, that's on the backside of three consecutive years of pretty significant inflows. So part of it is just a little bit of a normalization. Another part of it is just that when we're coming off 2021, where we were at relatively low yields and relatively tight spreads, the market sort of needed a bit of normalization. However, if we look back even to mid-May and and sort of where we are at now, in many cases, munis are more attractive than they were previously. So one thing that we always look at is ratio of muni yields to treasury yields. By mid-May, we had hit over 100% ratios in both the 10-year and 30-year, meaning AAA tax-exempt munis are yielding more than treasuries, despite being tax exempt. After a little bit of volatility these past few weeks, we're once there again, at least in the 30-year part of the curve. And this is what creates opportunities for investors, especially those that are taxpayers, where you can get the yield of, say, the 30-year treasury, but you're getting it on a tax-exempt basis. And we're talking about very, very high-quality AA-plus and AAA-rated credits. Let me toss just one more question in for fun. We have a congressional election coming up in November. What impact could that have? Any key risks or opportunities for munis? Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. One of the things that I don't think many investors are yet talking about is some of the sunsetting of the Trump tax cuts. And again, as we always say, it doesn't, if you look at all the spending that's been coming out of our government the last few years, it doesn't feel like anyone's taxes are going to be going lower in the near future. Even if we do see a switch, let's say Republicans regain control, I don't think taxes are going lower for anyone. And even if you take, you know, the salt caps coming back, if that gets tabled again, as an example, the demand for tax exempt income is going to remain robust. And with the sunsetting of some of those tax cuts could even increase in the next few years. That takes us to our portfolio pause, a segment of the program where we share an investment idea. Now, Mike, let's think about this from the broad allocation perspective. Munis might be outside of some investors' traditional models, especially when we think about it in the context of the very traditional 60-40 portfolio. So how do you think about munis within a multi-asset strategy? And what are the potential benefits of having munis in that mix? So from a credit perspective, one, we have greater rating stability 
We also just have lower default rates per rating. So it's pretty well documented that triple B munis default less than triple A rated corporates, yet the rating scales are relatively similar. And if we think about munis in general, if you think about airports, toll roads, water and sewer systems, school districts that are backed by property taxes, these are monopolistic-like entities in many cases. So we have lower ratings volatility, fewer defaults, and we have higher recoveries in the event of default. And it's just a bit of a diversifier from a fixed income perspective. Yes, we're correlated to treasury rates, but less so than other asset classes that are pure spread off treasuries. And so you just have some of these nuances within munis. Again, we're a very retail driven market, which creates a lot of inefficiencies. There are over a million individual QCIPs in our market, and those inefficiencies can be exploited from an active management total return perspective. And that's what we're trying to achieve for our clients, especially in markets where we have volatility like 2022. Mike, for some of our listeners who might not know what a QCIP is, could you please explain? A QCIP is just an individual bond. And so what makes our market interesting is we may have a deal come, let's say, for New York City water and sewer. And that may come with 20 individual bonds, each with a different year where they mature, as opposed to, say, maybe a large corporation that comes with a five-year bullet, a seven-year bullet, and a 10-year bullet. And so it just creates more opportunities, both for trading and relative value just because there are over a million individual bonds in our market, which compare, which is much higher than you see in other fixed income asset classes. It's really interesting. And going back to your broader point about the diversification potential of municipal bonds as an asset class, this is really resonating for investors in an environment where traditional stock bond correlations have been a little wacky as Fed-related liquidity in the market is impacting all asset classes at once. And so I really like this point. In this challenging economic environment, there is really no replacement for excellent on-the-ground insights and the ability to communicate them so well. Mike, your team is wonderful. You are wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Julia. Coming up next, we'll be publishing our mid-year outlook, which will be focused on, of course, the Fed, recession risk, and most importantly, how best to allocate. Our next episodes will bring you all those insights. But that's it for today. We'll be back next week for more Market Matters. In the meantime, please remember to give us a like, follow, or review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have a question or topic of interest, reach out to us on LinkedIn. You can also follow our views at newyorklifeinvestments.com and click the Insights tab. Until then, I'm Lauren Goodwin. And I'm Julia Herman. See you next time. Our podcast is produced by Milo Benamats, and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I will now read our disclosures from compliance. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which may vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific date, is subject to change, and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or adopt any investment strategy. There's no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied 
relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments and its affiliates do not provide tax advice. You should obtain advice specific to your circumstances from your own legal accounting and tax advisors. Diversification cannot assure a profit or protect against a loss in a declining market. Not all products and services provided by Mackay Shields may be available to all investors, limited by applicable laws and regulations in certain jurisdictions. Nothing stated herein should be considered as investment advice or a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment product. Any opinions expressed are the views and opinions of certain investment professionals at Mackay Shields and which are subject to change without notice. No part of this material may be reproduced in any form or referred to in any other publication without express written permission of Mackay Shields. Mackay Shields LLC is an affiliate of New York Life Investments. New York Life Investments is both a service mark and the common trade name of certain investment advisors affiliated with New York Life Insurance Company.